Alante Brown is no longer a part of the Husker football program. You are Locked On Huskers, your daily podcast on the Nebraska Cornhuskers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, gang, DP here. Thank you for making Locked On Huskers your first watch. And listen each and every single day. Greatly appreciate it. Again, we want to thank the folks from FanDuel, uh, the official uh, sports book uh, for Locked On. Uh, make every moment more. FanDuel.com slash Locked On. Discounts, uh, rates, all sorts of reads for you to go in and jump in for games that matter and for moments that matter. FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook. Get in, get yours. Again, I'll ask you to put your comments down in the comment section if you've got questions or things that you, subjects that you want uh, want me to cover and talk about. I can do that. Players that you want me to talk about, coaches you want me to talk about. Uh, and even over the next few months, we'll even dive a little into those historical moments. We'll go back in some games and we'll talk about some of the, the great games in Nebraska history and we'll bring you some of those Huskers to talk about those games with you, people that played in those games. We'll talk about those. Uh, but in this episode, I want to talk about the receivers group, specifically the thing that moves the needle in this space uh, in a time where Nebraska has 102 uh, players on the on the scholarship list. They've got to get down to 85. One of those players was Elante Brown. And why it's such a big deal that Elante Brown – is no longer part of the football program. Now, the news in the report yesterday was that Alante didn't come back and, and, and enroll in January. So he hasn't been in class and he hasn't been in school. So there's some things that were going on. And I don't get into the rumors and whispers. That sort of thing doesn't doesn't move my needle. And I don't. You know, there's plenty of people who will talk about that stuff. I, that's not where I live nor where I want to, uh, you know, not hills that I want to die on. Um, but if you looked at a Nebraska end-of-season depth chart by position, you would have easily found Alante Brown circled in at one of the receiver positions next to, Mar- next to Marcus, Marcus Washington. Those were two names that folks were comfortable in that, okay, if we had to line up in February <laughs> that if – Marcus Washington and Elante Brown lined up at the two of the receiver positions. Whoever the third was, we'd feel pretty comfortable in because high IQ, quality young man, uh, no trouble off the field, no trouble in the locker room, hard worker, uh, flexible and fluid. They could run him at the slot. They could put him, uh, they could run him at X, they could run him at Y, they could run him at Z, right? So it didn't really matter where they were lining up in the three receiver space. Elante knew the playbook. He knew the, the, the route combinations. Uh, he knew the timing. And he worked well with whatever quarterback because he worked. he's worked with five different quarterbacks over the course of the last two seasons. So he's had to work. He's had to work with several offensive coordinators and several passing game coordinators and several receivers coaches. What we can say about Alante Brown is that it was never an issue of talent because – from a skill set, he checked all the boxes, speed, footwork, uh, good hands, toughness, right? Yards after catch, uh, all you have to do is think back to Michigan last year where he took some elevation and almost got almost got split in two. But 
to to make that to try to make that play in the cold. As a matter of fact, sleety snow, and then get up and line up again and want the ball immediately right away. Also, a young man that that was the 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 was kick returner number one A until they went with you know Tommy Hill because uh, Alante was getting more work at receiver. Now. Would you put him in the star category? Uh, no, but this was going to be his time. Like this would be his third year in the program where he could actually get work. For a guy that that played some quarterback and has an understanding of the offense in full and was receptive to being coached and never added, you know, those extracurricular issues off the field. But something was in play that as he made his decision. Uh, and I still don't know the particulars on who made the decision. But in the announcement, it was simply that he was no longer a part of the football program. Now, they also did not write off uh, the, 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 the possibility of him returning. But as, he currently, as it currently stands, Alante Brown is no longer a member of the football program, and it's a big deal because even for for the number of catches, uh, better than advertised blocker, uh, <laughs> great route runner, like all the things that that you would want from that position, I would have projected him that with his 16 or so catches a year ago that he would have headed firmly into the 40 catch range because he would have been featured and he would would be reliable in that he's going to run the route. That's prescribed. He's going to read the route properly, so he'll understand what the quarterback's going to ask, uh, the, the, what the quarterback sees and what the quarterback's going to ask him to do. And then he has the toughness to get that route, sep get separation, so it's an easier throw for the quarterback. And that is a missed thing that we don't talk about enough is the separation at the top of the route. And certain receivers are much better at creating additional space. We're talking about the difference between you coming off a hitch route and having a yard and a half on time and at the right place where the quarterback expects you to be through the window that quarterback can throw through <laughs> and get you the ball and then trust that you're going to make the play to you separating and getting three yards, which allows that quarterback a whole lot more freedom to trust you that if he's going to, if you're the second read and he comes off that first read that was covered and there you are in an open window in his space, he knows that I can make this throw and that you're going to be there to make me look good, to make the play and finish. That was Alante Brown. A year ago, that was Marcus Washington because Trey Palmer was on the outside and he was the stretch vertical guy. Trey also, being as athletic as he was, could catch on that wide receiver screen, make folks panic, make folks miss tackles, uh, make folk, make, make defensive coordinators actually have to practice and scheme. And the time eat up is important because it forces coordinators to, to, to key on you and to clue these things. But Marcus Washington fits in that he could transition quickly, easily to being receiver 1A. Because he can do all the things that Trey did. Now, there was nobody on the roster that had the wheels that Trey Palmer did. Matter of fact, I'm not sure there were many people in the Big Ten, Big Ten Conference that had the wheels that Trey Palmer did. But Marcus Washington may do another thing better than Trey did, which was separate in traffic and create room for quarterbacks to make throws. 
And anybody that's played quarterback will tell you that when your eyes flow to that secondary receiver and you have 1.2 seconds to point, see it, plant the foot, find a window to throw through, get the ball into a space that's safe and catchable and believe in it and trust in it, it's a big deal. So we're going to go through some of that depth chart that currently exists. The scholarships are in play. And then maybe dabble a little bit on how it could look. Because as one player walks out the door, two that we're familiar with have walked back in. We'll talk about those when we come back to Lockdown Huskers. Welcome back, gang. It is Lockdown Huskers, and thank you for making Lockdown Huskers the first watch, first listen of the day. If you would, please. Like, share, subscribe, subscribe. So we, you just get the notice, and it's delivered to your email every day, or delivered to your, you know, to your laptop, delivered to your device. Um, you don't have to look for it; it'll be there waiting for you each and every single day. Just go through it right there, locked on Huskers, um, so you can do that. Uh, thanks for making it the first watch and first listen of the day. The second one should be locked on college basketball. Yeah. Yeah, Isaac Shade, Andy Patton, they bring you the best on and off the floor, uh, give you the details, a little bit of the insight of things behind the scene. They'll talk to some of the most uh, big-name players, big-name coaches, um, and they can break down for you things that your eyes should be drawn to over the course of the next month that is March insanity. It's going to be fun. Uh, Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube or however you consume your podcast. Um. Talking about Alante Brown and his exit from the program in whatever way and for whatever reason opens up a scholarship spot, but but Nebraska still has some exceptional numbers at the wide receiver position. So we got to go through it because Nebraska currently has 15 wide receivers, actually it's 14, on scholarship right now, 14. Six of those are freshmen. Didn't bring them in for nothing. <laughs> Didn't bring them in for nothing. Now, if you look at the depth chart and you're, you're, you're thinking to yourself, okay, who's in play here? Well, you lose Alante Brown, who at the start of last season, you would have considered one of the top four receivers in the program. Kind of in that space, you would have put Trey Palmer there. Actually, you know, you could have top six because there were some other folks who, who, who got playing time. But when you talk about starters, prior to last season, Xavier Betts was a name that most folks here in Nebraska had circled and said, my goodness gracious, it's his time. It's his time. And would have easily penciled him in next to Trey Palmer and Marcus Washington. And maybe as number 1B. Maybe as, I mean, look, <laughs> there's no question that Mark, Marcus Washington is, is a competent, high-level Big Ten receiver. But we wouldn't have written off Xavier Betts because you know that you could put him in the slot. 
He's also a good punt returner. You put him in the slot, he'll he'll give you some in the running game. He's he's a willing uh, blocker in the, in the in the run game, right? Loves the physicality. Didn't mind putting his nose in there and getting his hands dirty with some heavy lifting in that space. And I'm not sure he's not the most explosive receiver on the on the roster, scholarship roster. I'm not sure that Xavier Betts isn't the guy that when he catches the ball that everybody in Memorial Stadium gasps, holds their breath, and says, okay, what's happening now? But here's the thing. If you think back a year, it wasn't Elante Brown. It wasn't Xavier Betts. It was Isaiah Garcia Castaneda who made the starting lineup and made the first big play of the receiver group. And then he disappeared. And Nebraska fans are worried. Because we still don't know why. All three of the people that we're, that we're talking about in this space, with the exception of them, and I'm not talking about Marcus Washington, but Xavier Betts, Alante Brown, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda, all three of them had question marks about their place in the program, their place on the depth chart, and what could be expected of them. One of them is gone. The other two are back. And do we know what we can expect from from, from IGC? Do we know? We saw the explosive big play potential. We saw that early in the season. And then we saw a black hole. And I don't know if it was to get other people into the space to get them some reps. I don't know if Trey Palmer and and Marcus Washington became so electric and such a good combo that they were the great override. I don't know whether it was trying to get Travis Vokalek and trying to get (laughs) Chancellor Brewington the ball in space in slots. I don't know what caused Isaiah to be removed from the program or remove himself from the program, whatever way it happened. We still don't know what happened with Xavier Betts. Because even with things off the field, those were things that in the past, we found a way to work beyond and in spite of. We'll know more over the next few months. <laughs> but as you start to look at this, I just I, I want to point this out. To go and get Josh Fleeks and Billy Kemp the fourth, I want you to grasp this. That I would not be surprised if the two leading receivers at season's end are Josh Fleeks and Billy Kemp. Billy Kemp had a 60-plus and a 70-plus receiver year in the ACC at UVA. Look, there's some corners in the ACC. There's some secondaries in the in, in ACC. And it's not like Virginia was an offensive powerhouse. So you found a guy who was consistent, who was available, who was open, who was productive, who didn't put the ball on the turf, guy who also, quite frankly, if I was a betting man, I would pencil him in as kick returner number one ahead of, I would have put him ahead of Elante Brown, and I probably will put him ahead of Xavier Betts. 
And Flicks is not coming here to be passive in the pass game. He is here to be a part of it, an impact. This is a veteran move. You've got two experienced receivers to go along with uh, Marcus Washington. And oh, by the way, by the way, if you don't think that Jeff Sims <laughs> and Casey Thompson aren't deep in the film film study about the route combinations that Fleeks and Kemp ran in. And when I talked about explosion and separation that both Fleeks and Kemp again moved to the head of the class <laughs> and being able to put their foot in the ground, change direction. So the rule of receiver is catch the ball, change level and location. So you're not just going to get vertical without <laughs> getting to the left or right. You need to change from the moment of catch your level on the field and your location on the field. And the two best people currently in that receiver room might be Josh Fleeks and Billy Kemp. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. And the fact that you still have four other players who can walk in the door and compete right away for those. Not to mention you've got sophomores who aren't going to concede anything to anybody we've talked about today. Victor Jones Jr. is not coming here to spectate. Just not. And we haven't even talked about the tight ends. We'll do that. Let's do that now. We'll go to break. we come back. We'll close out Locked on Huskers. We'll talk about this tight end group because they are important. Are you having fun yet? Um, we will talk about all the groups of the scholarship players and returning players. We'll get to them over the course of the next few months leading up to spring game here in Lincoln, April 22nd, Memorial Stadium. Uh, just have a few boxes that we'll check along the way, a few conversations. Again, we'll talk about some games. We'll talk about the schedule uh, being released and what that looks like as well. But mainly we will focus on the players and coaches, the schemes and the things that we know versus the things that we don't know. We want to speculate. Well, thank you folks for making Locked on Huskers uh, your first listen today. Greatly appreciate it. We thank FanDuel for what they do and allowing us uh, to bring this to you. Again, make every moment more. FanDuel.com slash Locked on. Um, we were talking about receivers, and in order to talk about receivers, in a previous episode, we talked about the run game because the run game is going to be important, which tells me that, well, the tight ends are, are, are important. And there are question marks. It looks like the Joker with all the question marks about the tight end room because the question marks are everywhere because we have a new tight end. There's a new sheriff in town. There's a new sheriff in town, and he's talented. He's intelligent, high football IQ, hard worker. And if he's healthy, if he's healthy, changes the offense and changes the Big Ten Conference on how they're going to defend Nebraska over the course of the year. The question is, am I talking about Eric Gilbert? Am I talking about Thomas Fedoni? Or am I talking about A.J. Rollins? 
That's how many questions we have about this quarter, this tight end position. And the offensive line play will be based on the tight ends and the tight end uses, the number of tight ends on the field at any given moment, the tight end's ability to be uh, traditional Big Ten blocking tight ends, to be uh, traditional flex Big Ten tight ends with the ability to turn those those block keys into into, uh, option routes and RPOs that you can get into space and be productive after the catch and maybe bring some of those safeties downhill so you can get vertical and get, get past them. Or for them to stay on the field and be legitimate pass-catching receivers at the tight end position. If they're all healthy, Nebraska will be just treasure bathing in a, in a, in a, in a pool of tight end riches. If they're all healthy, if they're not healthy, then expect to see more of the little guys and then forcing those little guys to be physical in space against nickel backs and linebackers. When, much easily done, these three tight ends are out there putting their hand in the turf and making bodies move across the Big Ten Conference. Not sure how it plays out because health is an issue. Will they recover from postseason surgeries? Will they recover from last season's injuries? Will they adjust and adapt and assimilate themselves into this new Huskers offense and whatever Marcus Satterfield needs? Will they adjust and adapt to whoever's playing quarterback because Casey Thompson and Jeff Sims aren't going to play the position the same way? Sims is more physical. Casey's more fluid. Bigger bomb on from Casey, uh, accuracy in top space uh, by Jeff Sims, but then there's the ability for them both to take risk in the space and what they're willing to, 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 to offer while they do it. Risk versus reward will be determined. You can circle the tight end position, and then you can circle the quarterback position, and they will determine how the wide receiver group will be looked at this year. Again, We've got months. We'll get through it because we'll get more information, and that room of 15 will change in the receiver room. Tight end room will change. We'll follow that for you here on Locked on Hustlers. Again, thanks for making it your first uh, watch and listen today. Uh, your second listen, jump right over uh, to Locked on College Basketball. I'm Isaac Shade, Andy Patton. will take you through and get you prepared for March Madness, the insanity that is. You can find it, Locked on College Basketball, on YouTube, or anywhere you consume your uh, podcast content. Thank you for what you do, and thank you for why you're doing it. We'll finish with the three words that we love so much. Go Big Red!